too goes out to you today for listening to Eco Radio KC on 90.1 FM KKFI Kansas City Community Radio. This is a locally made exploration into positive solutions to some of today's ecological challenges for all of us working to create a healthier future for our communities and for the world you live in. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. My name is Darnell. Today on Eco Radio KC, host Richard Mabian will speak with Zach Astora, lobbyist for the Kansas Sierra Club. Kansas is poised to benefit big time from the billions of dollars Congress allocated for upgrading America's infrastructure with the Inflation Reduction Act and the Infrastructure Investment Act. But is there any movement in Kansas to apply for those dollars? The Kansas legislature has finished their session for 2023 and will not meet again until January 8, 2024. Zach will provide listeners with an overview of what was passed, what died, and what is pending with respect to environmental issues. This fall is an election and listeners can learn facts to help them decide how their vote can be most effective to improve the climate environment. Where do Kansas legislatures stand on utility companies' proposed rate hikes. As usual, we have too much to talk about in a short hour. We want to educate community leaders and advocate for maximizing investment in statewide programs to protect water, save energy, and make the state more equitable, eco-friendly, and resilient. Homeowners could benefit from fewer lead pipes, better access to high-speed internet, modern appliances, and energy-efficient improvements rooftop solar, and electric vehicles. We at Equal Radio are glad to encourage awareness and protection of our world. Our goal is to ensure our listeners are aware of how we can create a sustainable present for a sustainable future. Now our show. Good evening. Good evening. This is Richard Mabian, and welcome to Eco Radio here on KKFI 90.1 FM. Uh, you know, um, I, I have a my one one of my another one of my great persons on guests on this week uh, is Zach Pastora. Jack, Zach, introduce yourself there and say what it is that you do. Yeah, thank you, Richard, and hello, Eco Radio. It's Zach Pastora here, and I'm the state lobbyist for the Sierra Club, an environmental organization in Kansas. All right. Now, he, you know, he used to come on regularly. I'd at least have him on almost every once a month, once every other month. And then he got busy up there in this world we live in, being able to, to hobnog with the legislators and all them kind of folks up there in Topeka, so it keeps him busy. And now I got, also got to mention that he got married, people, since the last time <laughs> he was here. So you make sure you congratulate him. He's a married, he's a married man. I told him he must be doing the rights you haven't put him out yet so, <laughs> so, so been, yeah it's only been a couple of months but i mean he's, he's hanging in there but I, I i gave him a call thought it'd be good to get him on and kind of do a, a, a catch up uh just to, because there's so much going on uh the thing that prompted me to call him was the uh uh, uh the, the, the 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 rate hikes um, sessions is going on all over the states, man, about the utility, the cost for utilities and stuff. And, and you know, some of those things are getting down in the weeds, boy. They're getting down and dirty uh, as far as what people are saying versus what the what the government's saying, what the institutions just running these programs for the government are saying. So I thought it would be good just to kind of ease people's minds if, in fact, you might uh, have been, you know, caught up in any of that to get a up close and front personal uh a view of what's actually going on yeah i told you that's why he's been jack's been so busy because they down in the trenches and uh and up there in topeka man i mean you know and side meetings this meeting that meeting so that was my reason for reaching out to him but that was before this last bit of bad weather that we've been having Right. I mean, there is so much going on right now. We decided what we're going to do is start this off by 
letting Zach and I get into a conversation about what we are dealing with in America across this planet when it comes to environmental circumstances. So Zach, I'll let you, since that's, you know, you it started off and I'll just kind of flow with you, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, something on everybody's minds right now and they're literally feeling it, uh, the heat. I mean, we're in triple digit type weather. I saw on the news yesterday that the heat index in Lawrence, uh, where I live outside of, was 131 degrees. Heat index felt like 131 degrees. So, I mean, and and in the city uh, where you got a lot of buildings and asphalt, concrete roads, you get the heat island effect and that can raise it uh, eight degrees or so in the city. And so uh, and you were telling me earlier, Richard, how you sweated through your shirt uh, just waiting outside. And so, you know, this is the hottest year on record we've ever recorded uh, for the world. And uh, certainly we've had uh, hot summers before. That's not unusual, but we're having increasingly hot summers, both in the daytime, but also especially at night. You know, before uh, we started, you know, hearing about the the tragic news out in Hawaii uh, with um, the Maui residents uh, facing a wildfire from uh, a hurricane knocking down a a power line and, and some other things they're trying to get to the bottom of over there. Uh, a terrible situation. Um, and then the latest thing with the tropical storm uh, uh, in California, you know, the right. third time that's ever happened. You know, we were talking about Phoenix um, having 100 degrees at nighttime in yes. the desert down there. And, you know, three weeks of over 100 temperatures in Texas. And it, you just think about um, how we're feeling it right now in Kansas City. Uh, they're feeling it all over across the country and even across the world. Europe went through a, a drought. And then, you know, you might remember last year they were going through a bunch of flooding uh, and then uh, wildfires all over the place. And so, you know, I just think it's important for us to acknowledge, um, oh, yeah. you know, our changing weather and, and the hardship we face from all that. Oh, yeah, I, I'm with you 100 percent. And then to make matters worse, then they come out here yesterday or the day before talking about COVID on the way back. Got a new, new strand coming and people are trying to hustle around and find out where you can get your shots. And, and you know, and I I'm on my they said the worst part of it uh, is going to be in the south. And here I'm in the morning with the uh, eco with with the uh, uh, what is it? The uh, Community Action Partnership. Cap, the cap agencies on my way to the national conference that's in Atlanta. You know, I'm sitting up going, oh, Lord, I wouldn't found my blue gloves and my mask. And, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, you know, but we back out here and they saw the elderly, you need to really be careful. So, and then the I think the, 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 the one story I heard, and this was yesterday too, that was the icing on the cake. And someone, it was either our opening uh, monologue from that from my guy or from uh, what's his name, was talking about that stuff going on up there with a train derail. Okay, um, what is that? What's Pakistan, 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 or something like that? Palestine, East yeah. Palestine, Ohio, with yeah, the Palestine, train Ohio. Yeah. What, what they did a personal article on a lady, her daughter, and her husband that was finally able to return home because the governor is saying that it's safe to go back home. But the people who had been made, who were forced to leave their homes and go find some place to stay, when they started going back in, they started getting sick. They got severe headaches. They ended up going to the doctor. They having all kinds of medical circumstances that's happening to them. And it made me think about Flint and the water issue. That 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 even though it's being given the okay sign, people are still experiencing symptoms and, and, and illnesses. Now granted. A lot of that might be psychological, but it's happening. It's real. And so it made me start thinking, you know, with all this going on, you know, I'm a people person. You know, that's what I do. I work to try to figure out 
how we can empower people to 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 be able to care for their families and their the future generations and we're almost getting to to a point where the, the 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 what we used to see in Japan where people were running around with masks on as just a common thing of life is what we see ourselves getting ready to go into just for survival's sake. And they started thinking we need to figure out some way to let people be able to find some type of, of joy in life because from the time you get up to the time you go to bed, it's nothing but misery. And we all know you can't live that way. I'm sorry. It's, it's, you just can't live that way. What it does to you emotionally, what it does to you stressfully. I mean, people are dying. And it's just, and it's all out of the, the, the pay place where they went in and raided the newspaper. And the man's 96-year-old mother died from the stress. You understand? That's, that. you know, those are the handwritings on the wall. That's trying to tell people we need to start becoming more conscious of what it is we're dealing with. We're, we're, we're we run with news junkies. We run through the news at five thirty and six o'clock, and and and, and some of them like this, they, they've got stuff to do at five thirty or in there at five o'clock. All I'm saying, we need to understand. We need to start looking for way we we're not getting no answers. And the answers that we're getting, we don't know if it's something that we can rely on or not. So that's why I think it was important that when we started this, to kind of go through it. So which of those, I mean, give, give me your opinion well, of any of those. I just want to say, I think you're onto something here where there's a lot of hardship. People feel helpless, especially about external factors, whether it's uh, the climate change or or health crises like the pandemic or things kind of feel like it's out of their control. And I'm I'll just say there's a lot of empowerment into helping to be part of a solution to these problems. Yes. You know, little by little, it all adds up. And if we can do something uh, special here in Kansas City and across Kansas and Missouri, then hopefully we'll do our part. Uh, whereas other people will take up initiatives in their part of uh, the country or the world. And so by uh, by doing something, by getting involved, we can feel purposeful, we can have hope, and we can make a difference and take joy in that, kind of yes. like what you're saying. And so I, I know it's hard. We don't yeah, want to discount hard, how hard it is. Right. But but there's a good feeling and, and, and positive uh, feelings and positive action. Right. And so I, I think we'll get into some of the what can we do and taking action will make it feel good, but also uh, do your part for, for current and future generations, too, which I think is, is a big deal. Yeah, and I'm only the one thing I want to mention. Oh, well, it's 12 o'clock. We got, I mean, it's time for us to take our first break. Uh, this is uh, Richard Mabian at uh, KKF5. We got through our introduction, and it's time for us now to have a break. We'll be back in a couple. This is KKF5 90.1 FM. Hello, this is Joseph Jackson. Join me on Caltown Conversations where we will discuss matters that impact your life as a resident of the Kansas City metropolitan area. Every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. right after Democracy Now! The Women's Equality Coalition presents the Equal Rights Amendment, passing the torch to Gen Z in the fight for equality. A panel discussion with Gen Z activists and moderated by Erica Benson, director of Project 28, on Women's Equality Day, Saturday, August 26th at Grace and Holy Trinity Cathedral, located at 415 West 13th Street in KCMO, from 2 to 4 p.m. For more information, visit WEGKC.com. This message is a public service of KKFI. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. Mountains around the world are home to glaciers, massive rivers of ice and snow carved into the rugged terrain. But as the climate warms, many of those glaciers are melting quickly, and some may already be doomed to melt away entirely. We found that the glaciers are losing a significant amount of mass and that it's really controlled by the amount of temperature increase that we see in the future. David Rounce is an environmental engineer at Carnegie Mellon University. 
He and his colleagues recently found that if the world warms 4 degrees Celsius by the end of the century, more than 80% of all glaciers could disappear. All that melting would contribute to rapidly rising sea levels. Plus, it would eliminate a key source of fresh water for billions of people who live downstream from those glaciers. But their research also found that if the world can limit warming to just 1.5 degrees, about half of the world's glaciers could be saved. Any reductions we can have in reducing that temperature increase will have a big impact on preserving our glaciers. Currently, the world is on track to warm nearly 3 degrees, so a lot more work is needed to protect these precious rivers of ice. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. All right, this is Richard again, and I'm back. Sorry about that. I got so caught up in that conversation. Uh, so I knew it was something 12 I was supposed to be said, and I saw 12, and boom, took the break. But so I'm going to make sure that we get a, we got a couple extra minutes on this one, uh, uh, Zach, as we, we go into. We don't have to break until, uh, if I'm looking at it right, it'd be 631, okay? All right, here we go. Now, one thing I want to say before we go into the second part, and I agree with you wholeheartedly about what people need to be able to, 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 to cherish, for lack of a better word. I like the word cherish. Uh, there's something soulful about uh, something happening to you that causes you to cherish it over liking it um, or even loving it. Um, that's my concern in the low-income community. That's the area that I work. While I'm middle class, I educated class, I, I, I well-to-do class can be led into a position of being able to embrace what you're saying, Zach. Uh, our low-income low uh, uh, class has much more difficulty doing that because to do that, you have to finally say, I trust this person. And years and years of abuse, David Corton talked about that kind of abuse in his book, The Great Turning, has caused that portion of the population to be 10 times harder to reach. But that's the group, the baby boy, if you don't mind me calling myself baby boy, has made his automata. <laughs> that's my group. And I spent a lot of time looking for ways to, one, reach them, and two, to inform the leadership in their communities of what, what, what they, that they have been reached and ways to be able to follow up on it. So I just want to make sure that's out there as we're talking. And what you're talking about now is very much important. When I got that word, you know that because both you and Terry, y'all got a note from me, got a long text from me telling you about what I had heard about the COVID thing. So it's like you become their their source of news that they can depend on. I got more pushback from my educated community than I did my low-income community. I got things from them like, Richard, thanks, man, for letting me know. I'm going to let my family and my friends know, get ready. Here we go again. See, so that's what this is all about. So come on, uh, bring it on. Let's get into some of that legislative stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, uh, is a, it talked about. Well, thanks for that uh, comment, Richard. First off, and and also the in the introduction talking about different stuff happening at the Kansas legislature. There were some good things that passed this year, and and without going too deep into it, uh, uh, Kansas uh, legislature passed a bill to help fund uh, uh, provide funding for the water. Uh, which is, I think, one the number one issue in Kansas is is water, having clean water, uh, but also access to water. When when we're going through one of the worst droughts we've had in in several years, that the the wells are drying up out there in western Kansas, um, you know, and people are concerned about how much drinking water that they have uh, left. You know, 10, 20 years in some places, and right. and that'll come pretty quick for those communities. And meanwhile, the you know neighbors and and farmers are out there taking up more water out of the ground uh, than you know all the people drinking uh, could, you know could possibly have over decades to come. 
Uh, when there's something so, like they they use like eighty percent of the water or some ungodly figure like that. Yeah, think about yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you're right. Nineteen percent or so, twenty percent of the farmers in Kansas use eighty percent of the state's 80%, water. Eighty percent. So, so think about that. All the towns and cities in Kansas combined, all the businesses, all the homes combined, don't even come close to what a fraction of the farmers use up underground. That's unreal. So, so yeah. anyway, but yeah. so we need yeah. more but, money. But I mean, it's real. It's real. But it's not one of these draw a line in the sand kind of news, which this country has become politically, you know, your side, my side. What I'm talking about is that's a real circumstance. So either you spending your time telling them people that aren't going to listen to you anyhow to stop using up all the water, or you start trying to find ways to talk to people about how and what you can do to benefit a better what we're dealing with, you know? Okay, right. I'm sorry, but I wanted to throw that in because it's, this is a good example. And don't worry about the time because I'm going to have you back next week. So if you don't get everything got, done, we got plenty of time. So come on. Very good. Very good. Well, that, so uh, the water was a big deal. Obviously, more resources dedicated to one of the most important, uh, not just environmental issues, but issues, period. Right. Okay, so what, what, I, what was the bill? What, 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 what did the bill do? So it was. Uh, it, it provided more uh, of the state's portion of the revenue towards water programs. Okay, so programs that help farmers adopt a new technology to save water, uh, new programs to help the water matter more to the, the different farms, uh, more awareness and education for people. Uh, so that's the essentially what the bill was uh, was funding for those programs. Those programs have been successful. But it's a limited reach to people with if you have limited funds and people working on it. And right. so that was one of the ideas that more of the state's money should go to the most important issues like water. Um, well, so that you know, when I you remember that time that I spoke to the rural community out there, I came out there and spoke to them. One of the things that they were t talking about, they had some kind of program going on where farmers were volunteering. Now, these are regular farmers, not not the 19 percent you're talking about to 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 alternate the days that they would water or what are their fields? Are they still doing things like that? Oh, yeah. But I think farmers are starting to understand that we got to change things like uh, there's some farmers that just want to use up all the water they can right. while they got it. Right? right. Until it runs out. And But I think that's uh, starting to be the uh, real kind of outlier view uh, because more people are saying, well, hey, what about, you know, the next generation of farmers? What if I'm going uh, to pass this farm off to my family members of the farm? You know, I got to make good decisions today to conserve water for tomorrow uh, and, and the years to come. So I think there's starting to be a reconcile of some of that. Maybe we could switch the crops. Maybe we don't have to water like we used to all the time. We can yeah. use te technology to understand, well, actually, uh, the fields are doing fine. They look dry on top, but underneath the soil, they're actually doing pretty good and the crops can make it. So uh, there's uh, there's different practices going on. So, yeah, I think that's happening. Uh, and and then we can reach more farmers yeah. with more capacity. So. Well, I, and I think it serves as an outstanding example of what I'm sitting there saying about the rest of the folks in that group that live in this state. How you, we have to also figure out ways to make some sacrifices to do some things for the better good for us all. Okay, right. I don't know what that means. Uh, are we back to taking one bath a week? I mean, I, I don't know. All I'm saying is that we got to be able to, let's say, experiment at this stage in our own environment, in our own home. What was I able to do to make a difference? You know, when we started with the Sierra Club and started turning the low-income folks onto LEDs, and they started putting them in their homes, and we would do that at some people's houses. And in a, in, in a little while, they were coming back to those monthly meetings talking about, you know, that stuff Richard and them came over here doing. Now, all of a sudden, my utility building gone down. And that caught everybody else's attention. So it wasn't me and you 
telling them, this is what you got to do. It was little old Bobby down the street and Mary Jane, who you go to church with, just telling them some Sunday morning doing the, while they on their knees praying. Boy, you know my utility went down. <laughs> so I'm saying that's the kind of stuff I want people who are listening to understand what I'm saying. We have to figure out a way to be able to empower our our low-income community to do the best they can, because like you said, if not, it's going to be gone. Right. I, okay. I, I, I think that's a great point, and it's kind of switching to energy. Uh, yes. I think that's really important because we think about uh, people who are you trying to get by, maybe just have a, a you know, window air conditioning unit uh, or just a fan in their house and don't have uh, air conditioning, et cetera. They're going to be the ones most affected uh, by the extreme heat, uh, at risk for being uh, heat heat exhaustion vulnerable, and then uh, you know, and then next thing you know, overheated, they you know find themselves a trip to the hospital, sort of thing. So right. you know, it's really not only just the financial stress, but physical stress and health related issues are really important too. And so, yeah, we need to empower. Uh, give the opportunity for low-income people to be able to make it. And if they can help make it, and then all society benefits from that. So I think that's a good point. You I know, want to talk I, yeah, go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say, uh, I've noticed uh, riding around, you know, I, I live what I do on purpose so that I can have a true feeling, a, a true ex, ex, uh, observation of what people are dealing with. And I've noticed that during these last two storms we had, that, caused a lot of tree damage. There are huge trees down in people's yards, low-income folks' yards. They can't afford to get them cut up. So they down in their yard. I mean, I'm talking huge trees, you know, this just down. And when, I, and when I'm riding by, I was sitting there going, you know, this is the kind of a service. You know, we got this infrastructure money and all this stuff is coming. I mean, and ain't nobody thinking in terms we should have have some kind of petty cash fund somewhere that will pay someone to go out and take care of those elderly folks at home, you know, the low-income folks at home. I mean, create a job so I'd rather them be working so they can pay their utilities instead of us having to give them a check to pay their utilities. We need to start thinking in those terms. And I'm sorry I keep interrupting you and what you're doing. No, that's right. I mean, this is what we end up missing when we're talking, how that relates to that portion of the population that's untapped okay so we need to know that there's so much that what we're talking about when that's why i stopped and had you explain that water bill because to the average person they don't know what that is they don't have to deal with it like you know we do and with work that we do i'm sorry man go ahead no that's good no, that, that's pretty important richard and as we deal with more storms we're gonna have uh those uh struggles with uh, more trees going down, impacting power lines, more yes. outages of power. And, you know, some folks are hooked up to dependent medical devices that they need to have that electricity for the home. Um, and when you're in triple digits like this, it's really tough to live in a house that can get over 100 degrees, you know. And so, yeah, those are all important. And we just need to be ready to not only deal with the hardship that comes with extreme weather disasters, but put in processes in place to where people can to uh, be resilient and adapt to those things. Yes. And yes. we're not so sidetracked about it. And then also, on the other hand, our utilities aren't benefiting uh, from, uh, you know, the hot weather. You know, I was on a uh, an investor call you know with uh, the biggest utility in kansas and they said they didn't make enough money this quarter because of unfavorable weather that unfavorable weather was some of the best weather we had in the in the summer in kansas i can remember really cool and easy uh to you know enjoy uh get outside enjoy the weather uh what uh, a week ago week and a half ago or so and now they consider this triple digit heat favorable weather for a business when it's unfavorable for all of us. And so there it's, like, it is. it's backwards that a utility, for-profit utility makes more money off of customers, their customers and rate payers, when we're miserable. 
and it yes. should be the, it should be the, the that should be the opposite. So uh, we'll get into more in maybe the next break about what they're asking for uh, as far as their rate uh, request in in Kansas. Uh, we can talk a little bit more about how the most expensive and polluting energy is all one and the same. Uh, Kansas City's got a coal plant. Uh, they're a Hawthorne coal plant, one of the few across the country located in a real dense urban area. And then they got one uh, in uh, Lawrence that I could see uh, when I go into town. That's the oldest coal plant in Kansas. And that burns Wyoming coal that pollutes the planet, but also increases our bills because it's the most expensive energy around. Uh, we can talk more about that and how that deals with the, the rate increase uh, kind of in the next segment. But uh, to, your, to your point earlier is that there are some solutions to this. And if, if we can band together and ask as a community, wh wherever you're at, whatever community you're part of, to the, say, we want a different way. You know, yeah. we want a better future. And we expect to, our leaders to take leadership and all that. Now, I think we can get there. But if we just stand back and just say, oh, we can't feel helpless, um, we don't want to care about our neighbor who's real struggling, then we're going to have all sorts of problems. So we got to take action. We got to get involved. Well, I know that's right. Yeah, we got a minute here before we, we made it. I got it back on track. So we okay. We got a four-minute break coming up, folks. But I, I think that the, 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 this kind of conversation or the kind of conversations that need to be heard, because other than that, you, 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 it's, you're teaching people hopelessness because you're ending at a thing of saying, I don't know what's going to happen. What are we going to do? I mean, I can't afford it. And I, my, when my electricity went off, and my brother, he went and got him a, 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 a generator and, and hooked it up to keep his freezer on and la da 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 But that didn't happen over here in my house. You know what I mean? That food in that freezer was gone. Because when the when the electricity was off for dang near four or five days, hey, there's no way in the world you're going to be able to maintain that. All right, folks, we got to take a break. This is Richard Mabian at KKFI 90.1 FM. Be back in a minute. Bringing the positive vibes and good tunes every Tuesday morning. Steady roll down Easy Street with me, your wise guy, Easy Ed. We're hitting all musical directions from jazz, soul, rock to blues, funk and hip-hop, where we unify genres and connect the artist with the listener with facts, stories, and a chill atmosphere. We have ride-on grooves, spinning wax, and motivating beats that'll guarantee to get your foot tapping. Get your morning started every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. by taking a cruise down Easy Street. KKFI is now posting new and improved content every day to our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Be sure to like and follow your community radio station on social media at KKFI 901 FM. And thanks for supporting KKFI since 1988. Here's a calendar for the week of August 21st. This Wednesday, August 23rd, noon to 1 p.m., Dig Your Dinner, Fall Gardens and Autumn Feast is a webinar. Join the Johnson County Extension Office to explore fall gardening and food preservation. You will learn about the cool season crops that can still go into the garden at this time of year and ways to preserve and serve the food you harvest. For more information about this free virtual event and to register, go to johnson.k-state.edu slash classes-events. Also Wednesday, October 23rd from 6 to 7.30, Urban Foxes, Friends or Foes. Extension Wildlife Specialist Drew Ricketts will share how these animals have have adapted to living in busy areas and what to do when you see one that looks sick. This free event will be held at Johnson County Extension Office, 11811 South Sunset Drive, Olathe, Kansas. Register at johnson.k-state.edu slash classes-events. Thursday, August 24th, 6 to 9, the Ugly Dinner Series will be at 21C at the Savoy, a benefit for Canby's Markets. Tickets are required. Saturday, August 28th, 9 to 11, Kaufman Legacy Monarch Way Station in Hummingbirds is an event organized by Thomas Hart Benton Group, Missouri Chapter of the Sierra Club. 
This three-in-one tour is an easy mile or so walk around the Kaufman Legacy Park. Legacy Park was created with the focus on conservation and highlighting native Missouri wildlife. You can expect to see a diversity of plants, birds, insects, and small mammals during our walk. Meet at the front entrance to the Anita Gorman Discovery Center to start the tour at 9 a.m. For more information, contact Eileen McManus at 816-523-7823. Sign up at Eventbrite. We are just a month away from the 2023 Paddle, Missouri, capital to capital trip, Jefferson City to St. Charles, Missouri, launching from Jefferson City for the first time. You can register now. Email mary at streamteamsunited.org or call 573-586-0747. The 2023 Climate Summit will be September 9th, 10 to 4 p.m. at Rockhurst University. You can contact Climate Action KC Board Chair Hillary Thomas with questions at Hillary at climateactionkc.com. To find out more information about the Women's Bike Summit on Saturday, September 30th, visit bikewalkkc.org. Stay involved, enjoy your summer. You can check out local politics for environmental issues. My name's Liz. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. All right, this is Richard again, and we're going into the final part of the show. Uh, Zach, we got about 15 minutes here. <laughs> That's plenty. That's more time we had so far on the break. But uh, I think this is the way I like to have these shows with you. Uh, uh, we, we we try to squeeze everything into that that, that, that hour or the however many minutes it is, and we just run through it. I love this. I mean, because we're taking more time to to talk about circumstances and stuff, and I think that's what the public needs. Uh, I, I, people need to hear, because they don't know. I mean, God, come on, give me a break. They don't know. Uh, and I'm not saying that that's because of an intellectual problem and capabilities. It has to do with those kind of meetings that you attend, I'm attending. You know, those kind of subject matters aren't being discussed in a way for your 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 your, your general population to know about it. And so, <clears throat> when we have a chance on this show to get into it like this, because you at the epitome of what's going on legislatively. I'm at the epitome of what's going on in the environmental justice world, okay? So that's why it's good for you and I to be on the show to discuss it because we're giving two sides to the story that I think people need to hear. So come on now, you was gonna get into the rate thing because I told you that was my reason for wanting to call you for the first because that it was getting pretty hectic in those meetings. Okay, that's right. Yeah, that's right, Richard. Uh, the 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 biggest public utility in Kansas with about a million customers is now known as Evergy. You might remember uh, Kansas City Power and Light and West Star Energy uh, about five years ago formed what is now called Evergy. I'm sure you've seen some of the commercials or heard about them. Um, they're asking for a $218 million rate request. Um, most of that happening for uh, Kansas Evergy Central customers, which is kind of outside of the metro area. That's a $14.24 increase on the monthly bill. $14.24 increase for the average Kansas customer uh, in the Evergy Central Territory that goes from uh, Lawrence to Topeka, all the way out to Manhattan, down to Wichita, and everywhere in between. And so uh, that's $170 a year. That's pretty significant. And what, what that equates to, that $218 million, essentially nullifies the merger savings of $232 million that they were uh, excited to tell everybody they saved over the five years by merging uh, the two companies in Kansas into one. So uh, five years, they weren't allowed to raise rates. This is the first year they're allowed to, and they basically want to make up for all the money 
that think they missed out on and put it out on on all the ratepayers in, in in Kansas. Now, if you're in the Kansas City metro area and you're a, a Evergy customer, you're looking at a four dollar uh, increase per month. Uh, but on the whole, uh, for most of Kansas, will pay that fourteen dollars or more a month if they were granted the rates. Now, the regulators in Kansas have a chance to say, no, that's not fair. There's other ways you can manage your business to not put it on rate payers um, and not to ask for more money for shareholders, which is what they're doing. They're asking for, I know it doesn't sound like much, a 1% increase in yeah. how much they can take off. But we're talking about millions and millions, hundreds of millions of dollars, 1% adds up quite a bit and right. all, all all being paid for by rate payers. And so uh, those that's just hanging in the balance. And, and so they had some public hearings about it. Hundreds of people showed up in Topeka, uh, in, uh, in Overland Park, in uh, in Wichita, and people were frustrated. And everybody's saying, hey, we got all sorts. Groceries are going up. Uh, other bills are going up. We can't afford a $14 increase on average, especially those folks on fixed incomes uh, and senior citizens. And so uh, a lot of people are already struggling at, you know, post-pandemic. And so these costs people can't afford for the same, uh, the service of electricity. And then part of what I'm saying and environmental community is saying is that if you look at the long-term plan, they're keeping the most expensive forms of energy, uh, the coal plants, open longer. And so you know, that can j- just kind of makes me scratch my head is that we're keeping uh, the coal plants open longer. They're more expensive energy and we're not pursuing uh, more environmentally friendly and cheaper energy in the terms of wind and solar uh, at a time where we all could use the benefit of uh, the changing the, the situation on climate change. Right. You know, you know, uh, when you were saying it, my first response, because first of all, you justified it, but not being really in your metropolitan areas. And I figured that was to keep the fight from dealing with the poor folk. You know, they're going to figure out a way to keep them out of the uh, conversation so that they can't people can't use that against them. So that so I understood that. And then you said fourteen dollars a, a month. And, you know, and you, you think in terms um your 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 well do uh, middle class, uh, your educated class, whatever. I use all the different terms. And you and you kinda go, Well, you know, that's that's not really that much. Then you kept talking, and then it made me remember what I saw happening with the recycle buckets. And what happened is when they put them buckets out there in 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 County, the people were going, you know, I, I I don't know. All I think it is is the city that found some way to to make them some money, because on that utility bill, there was the cost for your recycling, and it might have been something like a uh, a dollar eighty a month. Or, two dollars you know what that much you know enough for for you to kind of go well that's not that much but see people start going well wait a minute you talking a dollar eighty a month times a hundred and fifty thousand people in Wyandotte county and you start saying they haven't done that but found a way to make them some extra money money each month you understand and then you ended up saying that that that's what people see uh, I, I don't think you ever going to get away from that. But 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 at the same time, you know, that, I, I don't know, man, that's 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 a dilemma that, that, that right. I'm hearing you saying that it would be seem like it would make more sense to be looking for ways to 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 create a different means of energy than to keep going with the one that's costing so much. You know, I had Ken Rowe on here, and he came on talking about his solar power stuff and how you can go on Zoom, I mean, on, online and buy you some solar panels and find ways to hook them up on your own self at home. And, you know, and that's the the drift 
that I'm hoping you and I and people like us having these conversations are going to start having on the general public. So when you're out there in your backyard or in your garage or you're down in your basement, you're thinking in terms of things that you might be able to do to make a difference. And I think that's that this is what this is about. OK, uh, we can't. That's right. Yeah, we did. We ain't trying to sit up here and make Evergy come in here and say, OK, we're going to stop. That's not what this is about. You know, it's all about the law of supply and demand. If I'm not mistaken, that's what it comes down to. Well, and, you know, your point about the $14 per month doesn't sound bad for those right. that can afford it and all that right. stuff. What I'm trying to say is that, you know, there's no reason why it should have to be that much. Right. You know, Evergy, Evergy, I think, made something in the neighborhood of uh, $700 million in profit last year. Yeah. You know, so, so they're making they're not they're not absorbing any financial burden. They're making more money than they ever have sort of thing. So why do why do we have to pay? Yeah. Two yeah. hundred some million when they just made that plus last year. And so I know, you know, business should be able to make as much money or businesses should uh, make money. But do they have to make that much money yeah, while other yeah. people are suffering at their benefit? That's that's where we have problems there. And that's why, especially when we can choose our different energy sources and a little right. bit different strategy, then then maybe everybody can win. I'm with it. I remember the initial conversation we were having with the like BPU uh, closing down coal fired plants and blah, 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 blah. And that was just a big fight in the courts and anything that deals with Warren Buffett and the, and the trains and the diesel, diesel uh, flood and stuff. You know, it, it's like you, you got an uphill battle because you're fighting against power. But this is not that. This is different. This is the leadership of trying to to lead people into negotiating. Remember, I used to tell you that all the time. It, it, it needs to, we need to start negotiating, man. To to we we this is we all the American public, and right. what you just said then that's what that was hitting on. You know, yeah, everybody's out this. Everybody's to make money. You're not talking away taking away from them making money. But at the same time, and it comes back to what I was saying about the dollar eighty for your recycle thing, but for one hundred and fifty thousand people, that adds up. That's what you see. That's what the average person's seeing. They know they just playing us. You know they that especially when they go by and don't pick up your recycle buckets, you get upset about it. So so yeah, I mean, but I, we may there may be a a slight transformation that's going into the the conversation. Okay, getting away from that line being drawn in the sand type stuff and starting to be able to look at it from more, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, collaborative ways of working with one another. I like that. Right, right. And we can definitely do that, but it requires uh, people speaking up, uh, sending in a public comment. Uh, to the regulators and say, no, this this doesn't fly with us. This is too much financial stress. We're not getting the best bang for our buck out of our utility right now. And can't there something be done? Um, and, and do the same with your, your representative or your legislator. We had some good bills introduced in the Kansas legislature this year, you know, like a dedicated low income rate for low income customers so they could afford the bill so they can pay it. So someone else doesn't have to pick up the tab. So that's right. a good thing. You know, if we had more data transparency on who was getting shut off uh, of their power by zip code, then local governments could make a better argument for focusing resources to the people most in need. Another example is Kansas doesn't have a hot weather rule. If your utility wants to shut your power off and it's triple digits outside, turn your air conditioning off. They can do that legally uh, on the Kansas side. You can't on the Missouri side. So, you know, there are some tools and policy solutions, but also there's there's kind of community empowerment solutions where we say, hey, this isn't right. Enough is enough. We demand action. And then community leaders say, my community is saying this. I better do something about it. And then they say, energy we, or utilities come to the table so we can work out a solution. And so th there's a piece for everyone to play uh, in, in, in the solutions. 
Yeah, and I, I really like what we're doing. Uh, we're down to a couple of minutes if I'm if I'm seeing the time right here, but I, I like what we're talking about because, and not necessarily for me and you, because this is what you and I do all the time. But for the people who are listening to us, to the listeners here at KKFI, this is something you know you can sit around your own kitchen table talking to your 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 mates or even your your your, your younger kids, especially the ones that are in high school or in process of thinking about going off to college, and you know they get to see a different view of life. You know what I'm saying? Because this is their world. And this needs to be talked with them because what you're saying right now, as far as the the, the, the the speaking up, you know, saying something to your legislator, saying something to your local area. I'm sitting here thinking in terms of my, my, my biggest concern is local. You know, how do you reach your mayor? How do right. you reach your city councilman? How do you reach them? in such a way that they will take what you're saying for real seriously you know and that's a that's an area that 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 we need to be again to 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 empower people to understand why that's what we need to do i'm not looking for standing in the daggum door with pitchforks you know, I'm talking about having a maybe it's the you, you got these neighborhood groups, maybe the neighborhood group leaders form some type of a task force and and they get together and go make some type of presentation to the the, the, the government body on their meetings or whatever. Somehow that needs to become a factor in what we're doing, because we've been out here. You know that, uh, Zach, since the, the beginning of time, I say for sure, let's take 2000 and six to where we are now and we've been you know just beating our heads against the wall and stuff. join me dj madam b early tuesday mornings from 2 a.m to 3 a.m as a host Doni del mundo global music by women the musical women of the world here on 90.1 fm kkfi kansas city and if you miss an episode you can hear the archives for two weeks at archive.kkfi.org did you know your business or organization could be sponsoring this episode of eco radio kc learn more at kkfi.org slash marketing my name is Darnell. At the end of our hour, here's some environmental news for the week of August 21st, 2023. Inside Climate News reports, during some of the hottest months in history, millions of app delivery drivers are feeling the strain. Around 4 million people in the U.S. work as contractors for app services like DoorDash, delivering pizzas, salad, and Pad Thai. Those in areas with extreme heat are taking new measures to keep working through it. Montana youth sued government over climate change and won. Here's why that's a big deal. The Monday ruling, which concluded that the state violated the plaintiff's constitutional right to a healthy environment, could set an important new legal precedent and spur similar lawsuits. Another U.S. lawsuit, Juliana versus United States, filed in 2015 by our Children's Trust on behalf of 21 young plaintiffs, remained pending in the legal system. That lawsuit alleges that the federal government's failure to limit greenhouse gas emissions and protect public trust resources violates the youth's constitutional right to life, liberty, and property. The Lever Report. As a heat wave scorched America with record-breaking temperatures, Biden administration attempted to block a landmark climate lawsuit by declaring that there is no constitutional right to a stable climate system, according to court records. The assertion in Juliana versus United States, which echoed both the Trump and Obama administration's legal claims in the same long-running case, was part of the Justice Department's latest attempt to halt the lawsuit brought by children who asserted that the Constitution requires the federal government to maintain a climate that supports human life. Earth Justice Reports 
The Biden administration recently approved the Alaska Liquefied Natural Gas, LNG, project, which would cause 10 times more carbon emission than the Willow Project. Earth Justice has sued to stop it. The Alaska Liquefied Natural Gas, LNG, project includes an 807-mile pipeline and a liquefied natural gas export terminal and would release between 2.4 and 2.7 billion metric tons of greenhouse gas over its lifetime. The Sustainability Action Newsletter reports, more than 125 groups led by the Center for Biological Diversity are urging the U.S. Bureau of Reclamation and the Interior Department to develop solar power above the nearly 8,000 miles of canals owned and operated by the federal government. Suspending solar arrays over canals can not only generate over 25 gigawatts of renewable energy, enough to power nearly 20 million homes, but would potentially reduce water evaporation by tens of billions of gallons. Sprawling utility-scale solar systems are facing pushback from local opponents who argue that big solar projects would take farmland out of production. That is the genius of the initiative. Instead of sacrificing even more public lands, the Interior Department should deploy renewable energy in places that have already been developed, like water canals. A decade-long effort to educate people about recycling has mostly backfired, according to new research published last week in Nature Sustainability. The study found that an overemphasis on recycling has distracted us from better options for preventing waste, such as generating less waste in the first place. The study revealed widespread confusion about the relative usefulness of recycling. When asked to rank the three R's, reduce, reuse, recycle, and order of effectiveness, nearly half of the people got the answer wrong. The phrase is already in the correct order. The study attributes the recycling bias to a long-running messaging campaign aimed at getting Americans to take responsibility for their trash. Shifting the blame for trash pollution to individuals rather than the companies that design products to be disposable. Cycling is the most effective form of human transportation ever devised. By burning calories instead of fossil fuel, we can make our communities healthier and livable. The electric bike incentive kickstart for the Environment Act would give $1,500 to almost anyone who buys an e-bike. E-bikes can get the equivalent of up to 4,000 miles per gallon. E-bikers actually get more exercise than manual pedal push and e-bike usage help improve physical and mental well-being among users. EcoWatch reports. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration scientists at the Climate Prediction Center have updated their forecast for this year's Atlantic Basin hurricane season to an above-normal activity level, up from the near-normal activity level predicted earlier this year because of a late El Nino and record ocean temperatures. Environmental Missouri reports. President Biden designated the fifth national monument of his presidency. The new monument proposed by the Grand Canyon Tribal Coalition will protect 900,000 acres of public land that tribes say is important to protect for ecological, historical, cultural, and spiritual reasons. The new national monument status permanently protects the area from new uranium mining claims, which have been on hold since 2012, when the Obama administration enacted a 20-year ban. Uranium is used as fuel for nuclear power plants and nuclear reactors. Environment America Research and Policy Center has documented the risk of uranium mining, including contaminated water, airborne uranium dust, and toxic chemicals. St. Louis Post-Dispatch reports, 
For the past 15 years, the EPA has delivered free bottled water to more than 50 households in rural parts of Jefferson County, Missouri, where residents who rely on well water still face risk of lead contamination from the area's mining heritage. Now, the EPA wants to stop providing bottled water and instead outfit affected homes and kitchen sinks with filtration systems. Many area residents are no stranger to local lead testing and corrective action. Officials are hoping to enlist the public's help to conduct more water testing and help residents assess their safety through water or blood tests free of charge. Jefferson County, Missouri contains part of St. Louis, Missouri. Even after years of examination, the area being designated as a federal Superfund cleanup site and the EPA sampling water from more than 1,400 wells in Jefferson County, the complete scope of the problem remains a mystery. The EPA estimates that more than 400 wells are tainted with lead. Greg Bach, a remedial project manager for the EPA ask residents to please sign up to have your well tested. Thanks for listening to Eco Radio KC. Please tune in next week or listen to our podcast at any time. They paid paradise, put up a parking lot. Thank you for listening to Eco Radio KC on KKFI 90.1 FM, Kansas City Community Radio. Eco Radio is brought to you each week by a team of collaborators, including me, Craig Lugo, Terry Wilking, Brent Drysdale, Bob Grove, and Dave Mitchell. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and guests and not of KKFI and or the Midcoast Media Project. You can find our calendar and a podcast of each show on Eco Radio KC's Facebook page, as well as on our show page at kkfi.org. This is Richard Mabian, and you can send inquiries and comments to our email at kkfi.org forward slash contact or message us on our Facebook page. Up next is Fiesta Musicale, followed by Noche Magica. Our outro music is Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. Don't it always seem to go That you don't know what you've got till it's gone Ooh.